Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy and Romance, and all of the wonderful places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> it's um almost 8.30 here on Thursday, December 10th. And I was missing my coffee. I uh, ran over to the store for David to get some things for him. So I think um, I have mentioned before, but I don't expect you guys to know everything about my life, uh, that my husband David has Parkinson's disease. And he's about 12 years into it. So we've been dealing with it for a while. But he had a appointment with his doctor the other day, Zoom appointment, of course, and he's having to readjust his medication. So that's always, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard. So I'm sort of picking up some of the slack for him um, while he's discombobulated. So he needed some things from the store this morning, and I ran up there so that Put me a little bit behind on my usual exercising schedule. Still lifted weights and did my usual thing. So um, I'm more or less bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Very close to finishing The Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince. Um, like 4,000 words away from finishing. I'm at like 83,000 and something. And I'm guessing I will be at 87,000 and something. So, and I actually have, for once in my life, a fairly flushed out ending. Um, yeah, oddly so for me. And and those of you who've been listening to me for a long time uh, will note that this time I did not do my thing where I got up to like, 85% and then went back to the beginning and revised. I thought that I might, but it kept needing to push forward. And the way that this particular series is going to work. Sorry, I just have to drink more coffee. <laughs> I, I am hitting my end of book tired. So the way that this series is going to work is that it's um, The Heirs of Magic, and it's a four-book series. There's the prequel novella that's in Under a Winter Sky, which is still selling really well. Thank you, you guys. Uh, so the prequel novella, then there's going to be the four books. So for those of you who geek out on structure, which I realize that many of you do not, so you could just sort of, um, I don't know, go get yourself a fresh cup of coffee or something. For those of you who do geek out on structure, you know that I've used the eight scene three act structure, which essentially, uh, maybe counterintuitively, breaks the book into four parts. It sounds wrong because it's three acts, but it really is four parts. The first 25% is act one. The middle 50% is act two, but you break that in half with the midpoint, which is intuitive, being at 50%. Act three is the final 25%. So I realized that, and this is something that I've talked about at other times, it's like, how do you structure a series? Which 
feels like an ironic thing for me to talk about since we all know I don't pre-plot and I don't really plan much of anything. But I do have a structure that I follow. I do have a framework. Um, it is not a full, um, I don't know, when people use the term pantser, and I think it's one of the reasons I don't like it, because it's like flying by the seat of your pants. It's like you you have no grounding at all. You have no um, safety belt, no seat. Um, that's why the analogy of a gardener versus an ar architect works better for me. An architect is someone who like draws out all of their plans ahead of time and knows exactly where everything's going to be. And even if they're not sure what color they're going to paint the walls yet, they still know exactly what they're building before they even start. Whereas a gardener, which is much more like me, plants seeds and waits to see what things grow. And for me, I'm much more, that, that's just how it has to be. Like, I can't figure out, I'm sorry, I jostled the uh, tripod there. I don't know what I'm writing until I'm done writing it. And, <laughs> which I know sounds weird, but that's because I write for Discovery. I, I have to plant those seeds and find out what's happening, which is partly why I had to write to the end of this book because I knew that there was some kind of big bad magic that they were going to have to deal with, but I didn't know what it was going to be. Well, don't spill your coffee, Jeffy. It's a little chilly this morning. We're supposed to get snow today, so it's a bit overcast, bluish and overcast. Um, I was trying to figure out what was this big bad that they were going to be dealing with, but I didn't know until I wrote it, until I got there. So now I know. <laughs> Yay! But as far as the four book structure is concerned, I know essentially when things are going to be revealed because I do follow this structure. And in looking at a four book series, I realized that they will each be 25% of that overall arc, right? So book one is essentially act one of the series. Book two will be the first part of act two, ending at midpoint, so there will be a big pivot there. Dun, dun, dun. Do I know what it is? No, but it will be something. <laughs> then second part of act three, which leads up to the act two climax will be book three. And then book four will be the climax of the whole series. So one of the rules about act one is that that is where you set up all of your stakes. And not every book follows this, but I feel like, especially for people who are dealing with things like sagging middles and, uh, being unable to finish a book, very often the problem lies in Act 1. Because if you get all of your stakes set in that first 25%, then the rest kind of clicks into place. 
Um, and I know that that can be difficult, but that's one reason why some of us spend a long time on that first 25% and then the rest of the book writes really fast. So in some ways, writing this first book, I knew that I really had to get up to this, um, the big bad because I was setting my stakes for the whole series. And part of that had to do with this, whatever the big bad is. And now that I know, I'm winding up that book and I'm going to be able to come back around and revise from the beginning. I think I had to find that out before I could um, go back and revise because I needed to lay some seeds. I needed for people, to, I mean, I kind of have it in there now with people saying, oh no, there are terrible things happening up north. But I thought, well, there need to be like a few more specifics. <laughs> what terrible things? What terrible things might those be? I don't know. Just bad. They're really bad. <laughs> so now I know what they are and I can layer those in. And yeah, so hopefully finish writing this book in the next couple of days. I don't think it will be all today, but we'll see. Could happen. Especially if I decide I don't need to finish out all of the um, denouement, as it were. Um, although, although I do kind of have a, a scene in mind for that because it is also a love story. And I would like to leave our lovers uh, in a loving place now that they will I feel like this is not a spoiler but that they will have survived certain death <coughs> um, yeah <laughs> it, it would be interesting to write a book in which I killed off all the characters at the end of the first book and said oh but there's three more <laughs> who, who will it be about I would never do that I don't think I could it would be too painful. So, um, so those were things I wanted to talk about was finishing the book. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm doing my, my thing, fairly predictable thing where I am feeling tired, uh, just a little bit drained and foul tempered, grumpy. Um, and I was realizing why some of that is, you know, I just, when I'm finishing the book, I think I have so much attention and energy on finding that ending, planting that ending, making sure I don't take that little hop at the end that it's worth so many deductions, little gymnastics metaphor for you this morning, because I grew up watching Nadia Comaneci. I learned way too much about gymnastics. I actually did gymnastics. That was fun. I, I'm missing how bendy my body felt back then. Remember that when you could like do when you were 10 years old and you could just do back bends and stuff. So 
and that made me think of something else, but I'm not going to go off on that tangent. I think. <laughs> you guys know how I am. I'm starting to think about this thing. But I will pursue this thought on being grumpy. So, you know, I feel like I don't have much attention for anything else when I'm this close to finishing a book. But I was realizing something else, that in Chinese medicine, the liver is, liver energy is what's considered to be the source of grumpiness, of anger, uh, especially that kind of wanting to tear people's heads off kind of irritation. It means that the liver is burning too hot. And in that same system, the Chinese view kidneys as being the water. Liver's fire, kidneys are water, and kidneys are the source of life energy, which means they are also the source of creative energy. Life energy and creative energy in this system are the same thing, which is partly why I talk about um, being creative in general in life. Even though I talk a whole lot about writing, I feel like a whole lot of what I say is about life in general. It's about leading a good and creative life, however that energy comes out of you, right? And I say good as in satisfying, as in being what you want it to be. So if you're really using a lot of that creative energy, which I feel like I am particularly at the end of a book, then the kidneys are getting drained down, which means that there's less water which means that the liver gets hotter and more fiery. And for some reason, I was just realizing that last night when I was feeling very grumpy. There's a couple of things that are making me contextually grumpy, which I won't go into, but just like dealing with a couple of situations. But then there's also that just general irritableness. And the general irritableness is just always liver. So once I finish this book, I will have a little bit more creative kidney energy. And let's see. Um, I don't think I'm going to. Well, I guess I can go into my gymnastics metaphor. I've got a little bit of time. I was just thinking about how when I was like 10 years old and learning to do things like um, handstands and so forth. I remember practicing in the hallway oh I know what it was is that I couldn't do splits um you know like the full side to side splits and it turns out I understand better now that I have x pattern hips where my thigh bones kind of come down um well like at this angle <laughs> hard to get this right on the camera you know like um my like this my thigh bones come in like this a little bit. So going for the splits in the opposite direction was always a challenge for me just structurally to begin with. Oh, I didn't finish the architect gardener. See, I'm just like all over the place this morning. All right, I'll try to come back to architect gardener and structure. Uh, but I was thinking about how I couldn't, it was frustrating to me that I couldn't quite get those splits right. And I was practicing doing handstands in the hallway of our house and so I was upside down on my hands, of course, and had my legs up in the air and opening them wide. And I felt like I could open them to a full 180 like that. 
And I said to my mom, why can I do the splits upside down if I can't do them on the floor? And she said, you're not. She said, your, your legs are, are like this. Um, they're not at a 180. And that was such a disconcerting thing because I totally felt like it. And that's that proprioception, which is um, a term that not everybody uses, but it's, it's part of our sensory array. And it tells us where our body is in space. And you have to teach yourself in some ways. You have to teach your brain. Uh, when this feels like this, it means my body is like that. And I feel like that could be a useful analogy for something at some point. That's why I got distracted thinking about that. Architect versus gardener. I'm definitely a gardener, but I am. I don't just cast my seeds willy-nilly upon the soil. Uh, I feel like I have a structure that contains my garden. And even though I plant seeds and wait to see what blooms, I'm still planting seeds in specific locations and I'm picking very particular seeds to plant. So there's not this sense of, you know, like when you buy one of those packets of wildflower seeds, which I've come to believe are, are largely junk. Any of you gardeners out there try this? It's like, I don't think those things are worth much at all because I don't, I don't see like blankets of wildflowers going. <laughs> so, you know, that idea that you're just going to fling the seeds to the wind and let anything happen to them. It's not right. A gardener very carefully nurtures her garden. She chooses the seeds. She may choose um, the plants. She may have like several plants that she started inside. We could really run with this analogy, you know, that you've nurtured along. Maybe you've grafted a couple of things together and you plant them and fertilize them and take care of them daily. And so even though you're waiting to see how the bloom comes out, it's still not this random willy-nilly thing. It's, it's a carefully pursued result. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. So that's why I can think about a structure um, like the eight scenes react structure. You'll notice that the eight scenes means four scenes, four scenes. So that's if it's confusing to you, the, the four parts, but the three acts, you could think about it in terms of eight scenes. That can be more helpful. Which means if we're going to geek out on structure a little bit more, sorry, this whole podcast today is geeking out on structure. Um, that like book one, my midpoint in book one in Golden Griffin is scene one and scene two of the overall series. Isn't that kind of cool? I like math too. So on that note, I am going to go get busy and maybe finish this book. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow and you will find out uh, where we stand. In the meanwhile, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at, say it with me, 
frolic.media slash podcasts. And you all have a wonderful Thursday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>